Everybody seems to want to be the best at whatever it is they do, especially when it comes to business. But I don't think you should be the best. I think you should be good enough. Let's discuss. Welcome to episode 43 of The Graham Cochran Show, where I'm here to help you build your online business, work less and live and give more. I'm your host, as always, Graham Cochran. Honored to have some of your time. Thanks for hanging out with me today. I love doing this. I love hanging out with you. And I hope that you have found these episodes, this show to be encouraging, helpful, practical. If this is your first one, hey, you're you're here for a good one. Uh, We're going to talk about mindset today. Uh, I got a real example uh, of a buddy of mine that was processing through some things, and I wanted to sort of use our conversation as a jumping off point for a really important thing to discuss because this is in our heads all the time. And I have struggled with this a lot, so it's a good opportunity to be honest as well. Let's dive in just right away. All right, so I got a buddy, and I posted this inside of my my community, but he's a full-time counselor, and so he's starting an online business, and so I'm coaching him with his business and um, to bring a lot of his counseling on a specific topic and niche to the internet, and he wants to be able to create content and eventually have a course or two um, and create some passive income to supplement what he does in this full-time counseling business. I don't think he necessarily wants to give up working as a counselor. I think he loves it. I just think he would like to be able to create more income for his family and some scalable income. And maybe he could take fewer clients and have a little bit more flexibility there once that gets rolling, Um, which is cool. You don't always have to start a business to quit your job. It can sort of give you more leverage and freedom. Uh, And so anyway, this is what he texted me. Um, I was checking up with him on his, his business a while back. He said, continuing to get more confident as he's building the business while also having equal times of flinching when I learn of more people doing the same thing, okay? We talked about this last week, saturated markets, everyone else is doing the same thing I'm doing. I can't do this. And I broke down why that's bad thinking. Why Just because it's saturated doesn't mean you can't make a great business. In fact, if it's saturated, it's probably a good indicator that you can make a great business. So go listen to episode 42 if you want to get the details on that. Um, and I, I said, welcome to the rest of your business life, bro. <laughs> You're, you know, and we can stop there for just a second. There is this ongoing tension. As a business owner, you are always going to be balancing between feeling at times more confident about what you're doing, what you're offering, your content, your products, just the business as being a healthy business or not. You're going you're to feel more confident at times. And then at the same time, you're going to flinch in insecurity you see other people doing it better than you are or seemingly doing it better than you are. You don't know their numbers, you know, which is important to keep in mind. You can look good. It's it's actually pretty easy to look good on the internet. Um, and it's easy to hide your actual numbers. So no one really knows, right? But my joke for him was like, dude, th- that's how I feel. I've been in this game for over 10 years my business is very successful. I mean, anything I could have ever wanted out of business, I've gotten it. I'm super grateful. I'm so blessed. And I I can feel super confident. And then the next moment, just ask my wife, the next moment I can feel super insecure and I can be like, oh gosh, but they're doing that better. And oh, that's a great idea. Why don't I do that? Or 
Am I still relevant? Or all these questions. Okay. So just maybe that, maybe that's all you needed to hear today is that that's normal, you know, and you're going to fluctuate between the two. And that might be daily. That might be seasonally. Like for a year, you're feeling confident and you have a really bad year. Maybe 2019 was a, a year of insecurity to the max. And then maybe 2020 can be the year for you where you gain their confidence back because you should have confidence. But I think complete confidence without any feelings of insecurity would be to be a robot. So it's okay. Um, this is what my buddy went on to say. He said, the truth is he's now self-reflecting, which I love this. I love when people start to, to coach themselves because they're, they're, you can see the, the wheel spinning. He says, I actually, in reality, can see the same thoughts about what I'm already doing with my counseling practice. Quote, I'm not the best, but I still do it and am relatively successful. Okay. So he's realized he's, a, he's afraid of starting his online business because he sees all these other big wigs doing it and doing it really well. And he's afraid he's not going to be just as good as them. He's not going to be the best. But then he's like, well, that's silly. That's a weird standard to hold myself to because in my actual day job, my counseling practice, I'm not the best counselor on planet earth, but I do relatively well. I make a good living for my family. And he does. He, he, he does a great job. He's got five kids at home. His wife stays home. Um, and he could see that connection of, well, I'm not the best counselor on planet earth, but I make a good living. Huh. So my final wrap up to him, I said, great observation. And this is what I want you to hear. And we'll break this down. The question isn't whether I will be the best at this. The question is, can I be good enough to make a living doing this? I will say that again. The question isn't whether I can be the best at this, fill in the blank for your business. The question is, can I be good enough to make a living doing this? Okay? That is all that matters when it comes to your business. Assuming you're running an ethical business. Do so you want to do business ethically? But beyond that little sub subtext, being the best, trying to be the best, is an irrelevant goal. We'll get into why in a minute. Being good enough to make a living is all that matters. I don't know if you believe me. You might disagree. So let me share my thoughts in some detail. And then we can have a discussion. When you focus on being the best, a few negative outcomes arise. One, you might never get started or officially launch because you are constantly comparing your beginning with someone else's middle or end. That's what my buddy's doing. Not that he's purposefully dragging his feet, but this conversation has come up many, many times. He looks at what everyone else is doing that's already in the space online. He's like, dang, I'm not that good yet. Dang, not that good yet. And it, it creates a mindset of, oh, I probably shouldn't launch until I'm as polished, as well-oiled as that brand or that person. 
which is going to hold him back from, if that were the case, if he does not start his business, which he should be launching here pretty soon if he hasn't already, uh, that will hold him back from his opportunity to start and grow. The best way to get a healthy business and make money is to start the freaking thing. <laughs> you know, it's like a farmer who has got a bag of seed and is waiting and waiting and waiting until the most perfect weather to start planting those seeds. Now, there might be some wisdom in waiting until there's actual good weather, but if that farmer just waits for the perfect weather, he's never going to grow any crops, right? Duh. The, the sooner he gets the seed in the ground, the sooner he has an opportunity to reap something wonderful from the harvest, right? So I'd rather you just start your business. You, you don't worry about focusing about being the best because that, if that holds you back from starting, that's it's a broken mindset. It's a harmful mindset. You just want to start. Go ugly early. It doesn't matter what your website looks like. Just, just start. Just please start sharing. Start creating credibility online. Start building an audience. Just start, start, start. You can always improve and get better. And the key point here is what what you're comparing your, your beginning to is someone else's middle or end, which is just a pointless endeavor. If you see someone online already doing something really, really well, that's not their beginning. It, they're in process, or they might have been at it for a long time. It's not a fair comparison. You know that instinctually, but you don't, you know, you don't live out of that. We hear of all these cool stories of these really successful entrepreneurs who have these very humble beginnings. Right, So many of the big tech companies that we've come to know and love, Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Dell, all these ones, they, they were all started in a garage somewhere. You know, there's a picture floating around of Jeff Bezos, CEO of Amazon, of his original office. It's just, it looks like a broom closet, like with this crappy desk with papers everywhere. It looks like Harry Potter's closet under the stairs, right? And you're like, dude, that's Jeff Bezos, the richest man in the world with a company that's taking over the freaking world. He started somewhere. So we love those. We're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we don't like our start, right? It's too humble. We're like, oh, I'm not, I'm not professional. No one's professional. They have to start. Everyone's beginning is ugly. So stop comparing your beginning to someone else's middle or end. That could be a whole episode in of itself. So focus on being the best. That's what leads to that. Oh, not, not as good as they are. Duh. You just started, man. Okay, number two. When you focus on being the best, you have and create goals that are too big. Can we just stop and say something? I know there's a thing out there like having, you know, huge, hairy, hairy audacious goals. Isn't that a thing? There's, there's a, a, a book called The Magic of Thinking Big. Okay, I understand the underlying concepts here. Like, look, if you have a massive goal and if you don't quite get there, at least you got somewhere. If that's what it takes to get you motivated to start, if you need a humongous goal to get off your butt and start something, then yeah, I'm in favor of that. But in general, I think big, audacious, hairy goals are, are awful because they set you up for disappointment. And disappointment is poisonous. Disappointment, it just, it takes that little bit of insecurity that's already there or a lot of bit of insecurity. And it just has its way. If you're even slightly insecure, most people, now some people are just so doggone determined that not hitting a big goal, setting a big goal, not even getting close won't deter them. And that's, they're unique individuals. Most humans are not that way. So I'm speaking to most humans here. 
if you have even a little bit of insecurity and you set a crazy big goal, like let's say you want to start an online business this year and you're like, dude, I want to do a six-figure launch this year. I've never launched anything in my life, but I want to have a launch that does at least $100,000 in a launch week this year. My friend, that is likely not going to happen. It is hard to have a six-figure launch. Very hard. You need a very large audience. Very, very hard to pull off. If you don't reach that goal, in fact, if you launch something this year, which you'd be, you know, that's that's a big win in and of itself, but let's say you launch something and it makes $3,000. How are you going to feel when your goal was at least $100,000? You're going to feel like, I didn't even come close. And if you have an ounce of insecurity, that disappointment of not reaching your big, hairy, audacious goal, the magic of thinking big, is going to crush you. And then what that could do is lead you to say, oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, I'll never make it. Oh my gosh. And you just quit. I Look, I have one-on-one clients that have come to me who are very successful in their own right. They're doing multiple six figures. They want to grow. They want to double or hit seven figures or whatever it is, or they've plateaued. And multiple times I've heard people say, um, you know, why, you, why do you want to work with me? I ask. Well, you know, I really need some help with my launches. Like I had a launch recently and I was really disappointed. Well, how much money did you make? Well, I made $20,000. Well, that's pretty good. No, 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 it's not. I should have done six figures in that launch. Oh, really? Why, why do you think that? Well, because, you know, there's other pe- people that I follow in the space who are, I have friends that are doing six-figure launches and, and I, I followed all the same steps they did, but I didn't do six figures. Okay. So well, how big is your email list? I start to to look at the numbers. I see the size of their actual audience. And look, this is math. I mean, yes, you can have a slightly better conversion rate depending on how good your copy is or how targeted your audience is or how relevant your product is. But at the end of the day, there's simple math that can pretty much tell you based off the size of your audience that you're pitching to what you're going to sell, how many copies you're going to sell. And when I do the math of these people, invariably, I'm like, you actually hit your goal or surpassed what your goal should have been given the size of your audience, a realistic benchmark goal. So you actually just had too big of a goal. You made up your goal. I want to do six figures on this launch. I feel like I should. What does that even mean? What 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 gives you the idea that you should do a six-figure launch just because you want one? Sure. Who doesn't want a six-figure launch? Heck, I want a seven-figure launch. I've got a friend of mine who is he sold his business and then works for the business. And they, granted, they sell to financial industry, so these people spend a lot of money because they're making a lot of money. But the dude just did a $1.4 million launch. It's crazy. I'm like, dude, yeah, okay, I, I can make that in a year, but not in a week. So like, I could look at him and be like, I wanna do $1.4 million in my next launch. And I could want it all I want, but the fact is, the size of my audience, the pricing of my products, it's just not going to happen. So that would be silly for me to just want a certain launch number. Your goals should be based off of reality. Some people don't believe in that. They, that's the whole, the whole mindset of don't set realistic, achievable goals. Set crazy, big, audacious, hairy goals. And why are they hairy? I hate things that are super hairy. Ugh. Anyways, sorry, if you're really hairy, I apologize. But you know what I'm talking about. Doesn't make sense to me. 
it sets people up for disappointment. And I know from real life, I know from myself, I know from my students, people are coming off of a $20,000, $30,000 launch and they're disappointed. They think there's something broken or wrong with them when in reality, they actually hit their target, which should have been their goal, or surpassed it. They should have been happy. They should have been celebrating. They should have been going out to dinner. They should have bought something nice for themselves. And instead, they're disappointed and questioning their existence. One of them even considering shutting down her business. Broken thinking because they're focused on being the best or comparing themselves to the best. That's what she does. I should be able to do that. Says who? What kind of what kind of planning and forecasting is that? It's just wishful thinking. That doesn't make sense. So I'd rather you have more approachable, realistic goals because then you can be content when you reach them. Number three, and you focus on being the best, you're focused on beating someone else. The whole word, the best, means that you're better than everybody else. That's what best means, right? There's good, there's better, there's the best. There's only one best, <laughs> right? Just like there's only one winner of the Super Bowl, just like there's only one winner of the World Series, just like there's only one winner in a race in the Olympics, right? The best is literally the best. There's, the, there's first and then there's everybody else. So just even focusing on being the best means you're focused on beating someone else, which propagates this false idea of competition. I don't believe in competition. I don't live my life as if competition is a real thing. I'm not being ignorant. I just view the world very differently. People who are doing the exact same thing that I'm doing in my space to my same audience are not my competition. They are my potential collaborators. I've done a whole episode on this. It's a different way of looking. And if you view the world that way, A, you're going to have more peace in your heart. B, you might make a friend. And C, you might make more money as you do stuff together. But this whole notion of, I gotta be the best in the fitness space. I gotta be the best in the online business space. I'm not setting out to be the best in the online business space. That would that makes no sense. I don't, even if I could be, well, I don't even know what the best is, but even if I could be the best selling whatever in the, in the, the, the online business space, that would, that would take all of my energy or so much of my energy focusing on beating someone else. Because to be the best, you have to know if you're doing a better job selling more, have a bigger audience than whoever these other people are. And those people are my friends, or I wish they were my friends, right? <laughs> They're like my heroes. They don't know who I am, but I wish I could be their buddy, right? I'd love to have coffee with them, and I would love to trade ideas. I'd love to collaborate with them, not beat them. It's an awful way to live. Competition is a false idea, and focusing on being the best propagates that false idea. And number four, when you focus on being the best, you'll never get there. <laughs> you're never going to be the best. Okay. I don't care what your mama told you. You're not the best. You're never going to be the best. And when you get to be the best, if by some miracle you are the best for a hot moment, there's always going to be someone better than you eventually. Eventually someone else is going to be the new best. What a exhausting, what an exhausting way to live your life. Putting so much energy and trying to reach best status, beat everybody else reach that big, hairy, audacious goal, be the best, because then you got to stay the best. You got to stay on top. It is hard to stay on top, right? Think about all the um, celebrities, whether they're actors, musicians who were the biggest musicians in the world at the time, sports teams. It's hard to stay on top. Everyone's seeing your methods, trying to you know dissect what you do, figure you out. Eventually, somebody figures you out, 
The best product in the marketplace gets copied or improved upon. I mean, that's just the nature of capitalism, right? That's what's beautiful about it. It's good for the consumer because it's a free market. If someone comes out with a better product, they can make a better product. If someone comes out with the same product but cheaper, then they're going to win because the consumer wants that. So you're always going to be losing if your goal is to be the best. I'm trying to help you out here, okay? Don't be the best. What, what's the point? What a waste. Those are all we just talked about. Those are all, all like pointless things, sad things. Disappointed all the time. Focus on beating the competition. Scared that like someone else is going to replace you if you become the best, right? Crazy big goals that you just, you never satisfy with like what should be realistic goals. Comparing your beginning to someone else's middle and end. Awful. Instead, when you focus on being good enough to make a living, there's some very different outcomes. Number one, you create realistic and achievable, very important words, goals, and you're thrilled when you reach them. If you have the goal of being the best, you rob yourself of the opportunity to celebrate all the little successes along the way. Even if you say to yourself and to others, look, I know I want to be the best, but I, I celebrate the small wins along the way. You don't really, because your real goal is the ultimate goal, which is being the best. That's when you're going to fully, fully celebrate. You know? And it's just true. It's just true. So the problem with that is that you miss out on opportunities to celebrate along the way. And I want you to celebrate along the way. When you have your first $1,000 day, I want you to celebrate that. When you have your first five-figure launch, $10,000 launch, I want you to celebrate that. That's huge. To make $10,000 in a week, most people can't do that. That's a big deal. It's very achievable. Maybe not for you right now, but it's very achievable for the typical online business. But if you're focused on doing a six-figure launch, you miss out on all these opportunities to really celebrate, to make a thousand bucks and go take your wife to dinner, to make $10,000 and pay off your car and, be, and just celebrate. Like, do you know what I'm saying? There's so many more fun, smaller, achievable goals that fuel you and motivate you to continue to innovate and serve your customers and stay in business. Again, going back to my original, some of my clients, the ones, this one gal had done a $20,000 launch, was disappointed. Turns out that was actually a really great launch for her list size. But she was feeling like something's broken. She might have changed her system or closed that down entirely and given up on this whole, literally there was a conversation where I feel like she was saying, I'm, I feel like I, I, I'm not cut out for this whole online course thing because she had a service-based business that she was really good at and she's trying to get into the online space. And she's like, ah, maybe I'm not cut out for this. I mean, you just did $20,000. You're more than cut out for this. That's incredible. It's very, that's, a, that's an appropriate launch size for your list, actually. 
So you should be slow clapping yourself, pat yourself on the back. You should be feeling like, I can do more of this. If she had that feeling, because she had set an achievable, realistic goal, she would have been motivated and encouraged after that launch, and she would have dived back in to making the next product and serving more. But instead, she was in a weird headspace. Maybe I should just stop doing this. Which, who, who loses out if she stops doing that? Her audience. You see how when you're so self-focused on being the best, like the people you're trying to help the most lose out. Narcissism, that's what it is. When you're bent in on yourself, oh, I gotta be the best, I'm not the best. Mm-mm, doesn't help anybody, doesn't help you. Certainly doesn't help your customers. I feel like our mission as entrepreneurs in life is to make people's lives better. It's so other people focused. That's why I feel like building a business is one of the most Christian things you can do. As a Christian, I believe, you asked Jesus, right? The the Pharisees asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? They're trying to trick him. These these religious leaders. It's funny how the religious people hated Jesus in the Bible. Um, And Jesus had a lot of issues with the religious people. Um, And the religious leaders asked Jesus, okay, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment in all the Bible? Because they want him to say something so they can be like, oh, so you don't think that's important too? But Jesus is too freaking smart because he's God. And he's like, all right, greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, which is a great answer, by the way. And he sneaks at this end. And the second is unto it, to love your neighbor as yourself. And then he goes on to say the entire law and prophets, okay, the entire Old Testament, aka the entire Bible at the time is summed up or hangs on these two commandments. Love God, love your neighbor as yourself. That sums up Christianity and Judaism. We're called to love God, love our neighbor as ourself. The loving your neighbor as ourself is very clearly expressed with entrepreneurship. That's why I'm, I, I'm all in on the business train because to build a business, I have to take time, energy, resources, and invest them into creating something that makes your life better. It could be a product, right? It could be a service, it could be entertainment, whatever it is. I am risking something. I think I learned this from my buddy, Jordan Rayner, who wrote a phenomenal book called Called to Create. Uh, His new book, Master of One, is out, by the way. Uh, Jordan Rayner, R-A-Y-N-O-R. Amazing, amazing mind. And I think he had a definition of entrepreneurship in his book Called to Create. I think that's where I'm getting this, is an entrepreneur, someone who risks something of themselves for the good of someone else, right? It's risky to build something and put it out there hoping that it's going to better your life. But it's one of the most noble things you can do. That is how I love my neighbor as myself. If I love myself, I want my life to be better. I want your life to be better. One way I can do that is to teach you amazing content that you can use to build your business and make your life better. And that's because that's what I know. That's what I can do. That's what I'm good at. So I do that. I do that in the music space as well. That's what you're doing as well. It's so others focused. So to be so bent in on yourself, being the best, that's that's you focused. That's loving yourself as yourself. <laughs> it's the opposite of loving your neighbor as yourself. The only way to love your neighbor as yourself is to stay in business if you're a business. The only way to stay in business is to not quit. The only way to not quit is to stay motivated, to believe that it's working, to make money and, and be content, to be excited about the goals that you're hitting, even if they're small. That's why I love small, achievable, realistic goals. I don't believe in big, hairy, audacious goals because they don't work for most people. 
some personalities, and if you're the personality that that's, again, like I said at the very beginning of this episode, that actually motivates you to take action, and that's what you need to take action, then go for it. Do what works for you. But most people are falling prey to bad thinking, realistic, achievable goals. Number two, when you focus on being good enough to make a living, you know the finish line. And you can rest and enjoy the fruits of your labor when you arrive there. Being the best, as we talked about a minute ago, is not achievable. You'll never be the best. And if you are, someone else will become the best. And so it's always a moving target. It's always just out of reach. So that goes back to the the running analogy that I like to use. If you're running a race, if you're running a race with no finish line, or the finish line is just always out of reach, you never get to stop and rest. You don't know how to pace yourself because you don't know if you're close or not. And you just die on the vine. That's not fun. Races are fun if there's an end, right? You People will exert energy, lots of energy, prepare and exert energy and give of themselves for a race for a moment because there's an end. Even a marathon has an end, and that's a really long race, 26.2 miles. Even a marathon has an end. It's the end that gets you through because that tells you, Am I close to it? Am I halfway there? Am I quarter of the way there? How much more energy should I expend? If you're close, but you feel like you're going to die, but you know you're close, you get you can get that extra wave of motivation. You're like, look, don't give up because you're so close. But if you don't know how close you are, of course you're going to give up or you're going to die trying. If your goal though, if you're focused on not being the best, but just being good enough to make a living, well, that's that's a finish line. How much money do you need to make a living. If you don't know that, you need to stop what you're doing. Stop working on your sales copy. Stop working on your funnels. Stop working on your Facebook ads and just sit down and say, how much money do I actually need a month to pay my bills and live my life? Now, you might have two numbers. You might have your minimum target, which is what you just need to be able to pay your bills. So you could, in essence, replace a salary or a day job and just you can continue to live. That's that's the first goal. That's making a living. And then you might have a second number, which is sort of a a bigger target, which is I can pay the bills, but I have more to save, pay off debt faster, give, and maybe do some of the things that really are fun. That's fine. There's two numbers, but you got to know what they are, right? And you're going to hit the second one eventually, but you got to hit the first one first. You got to know what your target monthly income is, your minimum target income. If you don't know that, that's something you need to figure out. That's your finish line. Now, by finish line, I don't mean you stop working but I mean you get to rest a bit mentally and you get to enjoy the fruit of your labor. If you don't enjoy the fruit of your labor, what are you doing? I think there are two, and this will be, how many times do I say this? I'm just talking about this. I feel like this will be an entire episode in and of itself, but I feel like there's two broken thoughts on work in the world. One is, that work is ultimate. And I think this is more common right now in the West, especially in America, especially among my age and younger millennials. Work is ultimate. I want full satisfaction, fulfillment, identity in my work. So if I work for a company, I want it to be satisfying. I want to have purpose at that company. I want to have like a pool table. I want to be able to, you know, do social justice stuff at my company. I want to believe in my company. I want to feel good about going to work every single day. 
If I have a business, I want my business to be on my terms. I want to be able to work when I want, where I want. I don't want to do any of the yucky parts of the business that I don't like. I only want to do the parts of the business I do like. And I'm preaching to myself, ultimate, work is ultimate. So if work becomes hard or stressful or um, it's challenging or messy, we go, ah, something's wrong. Okay, I tend to fall in that camp, if I'm being honest. And there's another broken view. It's broken, by the way. I'll tell you why. There's another broken view of work, which is that work is just a, a horrible means to an end. That like in a perfect world, we wouldn't work. <clears throat> Money would just come to us. You have like universal basic income, like some, comp- some countries are trying. Uh, we would just have money given to us, which is like the entitled kid like allowance version of like, oh, we should all just get money for doing nothing, you know? But that would be ideal because then I could live the life I really want to live. It wouldn't have to work because work is getting in the way of my real life. It's just a means to an end to pay the bills. Both of these, work is a curse and it's the worst thing ever and it's holding me back and work is ultimate. I need to have my satisfaction and identity and fulfillment in it. Both these are wrong and they're both broken. And they both, and you see people just jaded by both worldviews. And so the, the correct answer is, is a hybrid. Okay. I, I believe as a Christian that we were designed to work. Work is actually a gift. It's in the Bible before sin enters the Bible. So you just go read the first two books of the Bible. Adam and Eve were put in the garden to actually work. And it was a good thing. And they were in paradise, right? So work is not bad necessarily. Um, but work is hard. Work isn't ultimate. Work isn't meant to be our identity. But we should also enjoy the fruit of our labor. We should enjoy work. There should be elements of our work that is satisfying. We should feel proud of our work. There's nothing more beautiful than seeing a craftsman make his or her craft, look at it, step back, and just be proud of what he or she's created, whether it's a painter, songwriter, cinematographer, director, actor, content creator. I can, I can listen back to a podcast of mine or watch a video of mine and say, man, I'm proud of that. That's really good. And that's, that's great to, to be able to create something in the world and be really, really proud of it. And then also to enjoy the fruit of your labor, to enjoy the income and hopefully the freedom and flexibility that it affords. That's a beautiful thing, my friend. You should enjoy your business from day one. When you're making no money, you should enjoy it. When you're making lots of money, you should enjoy it. And if you aren't enjoying some element of your business, there's something wrong there. When you know the finish line of, hey, I just want to be good enough to make a living. Then once you're making a living, you can say, man, I did it. I am making a living with my online business. And this is awesome. Yep, there's work involved. Yep, there's angry trolls on YouTube. Yep, there's challenges as things grow and evolve and change and they change every year. But man, I get to enjoy it. As opposed to trying to be the best, you never get to enjoy that because you're never there. You never reach it. Third and final reason why when you focus on being good enough to make a living, things are better, it's because you don't think about what's best for you. You think about what's best for your customer and that ultimately leads to more success. Touched on this earlier. When you are focused on being the best, that's inward thinking. That's you self-evaluating all the time. Oh, have I measured up? Have I measured up? When you just focus on being good enough to make a living, that's a much more achievable goal. It's it's pretty straightforward how to get there. I teach you that stuff every week here. I teach you that in my courses in my community. Once you reach there, and while you're reaching there, because it's in sight, 
you realize it's not ultimately about you. Whether you're the best or whether you're good enough, it's ultimately not about you. Your life isn't about you. Okay? I want you to enjoy your life, but ultimately, we get a lot more meaning and purpose by living for something else. Now, as a Christian, I live for God. What that means practically is I want to honor him and bring him glory by doing work with excellence, by serving people well, by telling people about him, by giving him the credit for the blessings in my life and not stealing that credit and saying, look, it was me that did it the whole time. But also, again, that first commandment, right? Love God, love neighbor as self. My life is meant to be spent out and poured out for other people. That's the Christian worldview, okay? That's, that's where it originated. And so if I am trying to find my fulfillment by focusing on myself, it's not going to work. Being the best, even being good enough, it's not going to work. Serving you, serving others is ultimately going to bring me fulfillment and meaning. Serving God is going to bring me fulfillment and meaning. It's also going to bring me success. And I just know that from experience. 10 years of running a business where I spend every week serving people by putting out content for free. I mean, just do the math. Okay, let's take the recording revolution. Let's just do the math. Right now, there's over half a million subscribers on my YouTube channel right there, okay? So you got half a million people watching my videos every single month, every single week. Half a million. How many customers do I have? 20,000 plus. It's a big difference. So 500,000 people are benefiting from my stuff for free and only 20,000 of those have ever paid me anything. Big disconnect, right? So I'm spending my weeks pouring out my time to a majority of people that will just take it for free and never pay me a dime. I like that business model because it puts the onus on me to give first and to serve first. I'm rewarded though because again, do you see that, dis like, what's the math on that? 20,000 divided by 500,000, 4%. Sorry, my brain's not fast enough to do that to calculate. 4% of my audience has ever given me any money. 4% of the people that I'm serving have ever given me any money. And yet, that can make a nice seven-figure income. So it's worth it just pragmatically, financially speaking, it's worth it to serve other people, to focus on other people. If I was focused on being the best, I, I, would, I would not have any energy left to focus on serving people better. Because being the best really isn't about serving people better. Let's be honest. You might say it is. It's easy to tell ourselves, well, I want to be the best because I want to have the best customer service, which you just said is really, really important last week, Graham. And I want to have the best products and I want to have the best some experience and I want to have the best. Yeah, but you really just want to be awesome. I really just want to be awesome. I struggle with that, man. I, I want to be known as awesome. And if I see someone who's awesomer than me, meaning to me that they have more accolades, larger following, larger audience, they get to do cooler events and speak at bigger things than me or whatever it is, I'm like, man, I really want to grow my business so I can be, it's about, it's about me. I just want to have bigger, I want a bigger impact. Well, yeah, there's a part of me that truly does care about that, but there's also a narcissistic, self-centered, 
vain part of me that just wants bigger impact, meaning I want more people to know about me. I want to be more famous. Just being real here. Being the best isn't about serving others. It's, it's all about you and it's all about me. So I, I want you to be all about your customers because A, it's what's best for them and B, it's ultimately what's best for your business. You will grow better if you're, if you're genuine, if you're authentic, if you're serving people, if you're thinking about things from their point of view all the time. And that's hard to do. But if you do that, you will be more successful. What do you think? <laughs> I want to know. For one, I want you to be honest with yourself. Are you trying to be the best in your niche? Is that something that's internally there? If you haven't thought about it, I want you to think about it right now. Is that something that you're actually basically functionally doing? Like you're focused on like being the best in your niche. If you are and you're watching this on YouTube, Leave me a comment and be honest. Let me know. What if you were to give up that endeavor? What if you were to stop thinking big and having these crazy, hairy, audacious goals and you just focused on, hey, being good enough to make a living so I can pay my bills? What if you just made that your focus? And what if you reverse engineered what that dollar amount is and thought about it practically and thought about how can I serve people today, this week, this month, and the next six months to be able to get closer to that income goal? I don't need to be the best. I just need to be good enough at what I do to make a living so that I can keep doing what I do. You're going to get better at what you do. You're going to improve. You're going to evolve. I still have a long way to go. I have to reevaluate all the time, but you don't need to be the best. So it's a waste of effort. In fact, I think it's harmful. I think all you need to do is focus on being good enough. And that is not a bad word. I feel like the whole thing, you know, good is the enemy of great or good enough is the enemy of great. I think great is the enemy of good enough. I think the best is the enemy of good enough. Most of us would kill to just be good enough to make a full-time living doing what we love, running a business on the internet. That's a great goal. Don't, don't ask for anything more. You and I don't deserve anything more. And I don't mean that in a mean way. I just mean that like set yourself up for success. You know, you and I don't deserve anything. We're not entitled to anything. I don't deserve to be breathing right now. Without God's intervention, I'd be dead. None of us chose where we were born. None of us chose our parents for better or for worse. There's very little in our lives we can really take credit for, given that so much of our lives were set up by other people. So, we're not entitled to anything. But we can set what I think are wonderful, realistic goals of serving people and being good enough in your business that you make a living. I think that is a noble endeavor worth working towards, totally doable, but certainly not something that we're all entitled to. I don't know where this is landing. I hope it's helpful. To me, it's freeing. 
To me, it's liberating. Don't need to be the best. And I'm, I'm preaching to myself. Consider me. I'm coming from my other business over here that is wildly successful. And in that niche, I am well-known. I have credibility. I have accolades. I have numbers that I can just look at to make myself feel good. There's lots of money. It's working. I then am starting this other business in the last two years, which by God's grace has grown and is doing very well, better than I actually expected. I'm enjoying it, but I'm comparing myself to myself, right? Like I'll look at my YouTube subscribers on this brand, Graham Cochran, and compare it to the YouTube subscribers on The Recording Revolution, which is silly. I've got a decade of runway on the other business, and it was a smaller niche, and it was easier to get found back then. There's a lot of factors, and I'm comparing myself to myself and being like, oh, gosh, I'm not, I'm not doing as well. And I compare myself to other people in my niche. I, I want to be the best, but that never leads me to anything or anywhere helpful or healthy. But when I'm focused on, and what is what I'm doing, serving people, and is it good enough to make a living? <laughs> yes. And then I'm winning. And then I can relax. And when I relax and have a healthier perspective, I can move on with my life and serve you better, which feeds a beautiful feedback loop. Make sense? Thanks for listening. This is a fun one for me. I hope it was helpful for you. Leave me a comment. Let me know. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave me a review. Five stars if you can. And let me know what resonated with this episode. I need to hear from you. I need to know that you're listening. It means a ton to me. Many of you have left reviews already. So, so grateful for you. As always, thanks for spending some time with me today. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and I'll see you on another episode real soon.